What up, what up, what up? What's good world? Good day to you. Welcome to episode four of Toughest Balls on this Thursday, June 13th, 2019. We've got quite a bit we're going to get into today. Uh, first off, we're going to start with the NBA Finals and all the craziness that's going on, all the backstory that's going on. Uh, with both teams specifically the Warriors and what happened in game five with KD Um, also has the momentum shifted and also Kawhi Leonard only scoring one point in the third quarter we're going to talk about that also NFL preview Um, my team the champions the Patriots receive their rings uh, the biggest rings ever and also we're going to talk about a couple teams that i don't personally follow but they may have a uh, they may have some momentum going into this preseason and that is the cleveland browns and the miami dolphins yeah what's going on with both those teams only reason i want to bring up those teams because they're both in the afc and Continuing on, we're going to uh, get into what happened at New Japan's pay-per-view Dominion. Uh, I want to get into a couple matches and also what uh, specifically happened with John Moxley and what he said he wants. And last but not least, we're going to talk about what went down at WWE's Super Showdown. Specifically, the main event, Goldberg versus The Undertaker, and the drama that came after that match, during the match and after that match. So, yes, we got quite a bit to talk about today. And first, we're going to start with the NBA Finals. Game six is tonight in Oakland. It's the last game ever at oracle arena so you know those fans are going to come out they're going to come out hyped so get ready it's going to be crazy there i hope toronto's uh ready um so far this season at oracle toronto is three and oh so they have that on their side but also people are saying with that one point loss you know the momentum may have shifted and you know, I don't, I don't believe in all, all that. I still think Toronto have has some has momentum on their side, and uh, hopefully they'll show up. Kawhi will be the superstar we know he is. Uh, hopefully Kyle Lowry can can uh, contribute and Pau Gasol and Siakam and Ibaka. We hope they all show up so far in these playoffs. They have showed up at Oracle in both games that were played there. So it should be a good one tonight. Um, I also want to talk about what happened in game five, uh, specifically uh, what happened with Kevin Durant and the injury he sustained. Uh, Now it's reported it is a, Achilles injury and he's had surgery on it and now he has to go through the whole rehab phase of getting 
back to basketball and I you know, I just looking on the outside, it looks like we're not gonna see Kevin Durant none of next season because when you talk about an Achilles injury, you're talking about something that you're never the same after. And when they announced he was playing, I thought to myself, why? Why? Because it was reported that, oh, it was a calf injury. But if you see the reaction when the injury happened over a month ago, uh we seen that reaction from other players, you know, whether it's in football or basketball, when it's an Achilles, that same reaction that they have, like somebody kicked them in the back of the leg. And where Kevin Durant was grabbing that was not his calf. I know he has quite skinny legs and you probably can't tell from where his calf starts to where it ends, but how low he was grabbing, you know, it was the Achilles. So, uh, you know, folks, there's a lot of, if you like wrestling, you see kayfabe in everything, whether it's uh, politics, whether it's sports, you see it. And they put those reports out about it being the calf. We know free agency's coming up and they didn't want to mess up Durant's free agency opportunities and I, I I thought that from the jump from this first from when he first got injured I thought it was an Achilles and now it's reported it was Achilles and he's man you hope you hope with technology and the rehab they have the rehab techniques they have these days that he will be able to come back but from past athletes after that Achilles injury, you're you're never the same. And I hope that's not uh that's not what's gonna happen with Kevin Durant, but time will tell and we you know, just got I guess, you know, stay positive because that it was just devastating to see him go down like that. You know, I was upset with him when he went to Golden State because I called him a cheat code, cheat code team because they're going to win. Majority of the time, they're going to win. And they were all-star team before Kevin Durant got there, and they became a super all-star team uh, these past few years. And hopefully when KD comes back, he will be somewhat of the same athlete he was before. Uh, time will tell. So, uh, last but not least, uh, with the uh, NBA Finals, I want to uh, talk about what happened in the third quarter of Game 5 in Kawhi Leonard only, sc- only scoring one point. Only one point in the third quarter. Now, I've said before that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world. But if Kawhi Leonard scores more than one point in the third quarter of game five, I don't think we're talking about uh, what's going on with the Warriors as much as we are 
we will be talking about Toronto winning their first championship in franchise history. And that will be the narrative. It will be that KD went down in the first quarter and that Toronto won their first championship and how they overcame all these obstacles to get to that point. With DeMar DeRozan and Kawhi Leonard basically being traded for each other and Toronto being another team, totally different team under Kawhi than they were with DeMar DeRozan. And I was just shocked that Kawhi Leonard only scored one point in the third quarter of game five. That that really shocked me. You know, even though the defense on that Golden State was putting on Kawhi was tough defense. Don't get me wrong. You know, and they have Golden State is not they I believe they've been last in defense, but in these games they've been able to stop Kawhi certain not completely. Kawhi is always still gonna get off, but at certain spots they're able to hold him off and that that third quarter was part of it. Even part of the fourth quarter, they were able to stop, you know, stop Kawhi's uh, momentum from going from making shot after shot. So I'm hoping Kawhi shows up in every quarter tonight because I don't think you want to give Golden State a chance to come back to your arena for game seven. I don't think you want to do that with, uh, multiple time champions, you know, they three time champions. Uh, they want back to back, you know, they're trying to go for the three peat this year. And I don't believe you want that for yourself, even if you have all the confidence in the world. When you give a, a champion a chance to win, they're going to take it. And so I think Toronto should end it tonight because if they don't end it tonight, then they're in trouble. And with that said, we're going to move right along to a little preview of the NFL. And what I want to start off with first is last week, my squad, the New England Patriots, received their championship rings. And it's reported that they're the biggest rings ever made. They're the biggest rings ever made. And you can see them. They, there's a picture online where they compare all six of the Patriots rings. And these rings are enormous. They're ridiculous. There's so many diamonds. I forget the count. The count of diamonds is unbelievable. I don't know how you can wear that on your hand without security. Because I remember meeting... One of the McCourty twins. And he had the ring on his finger. And it was huge. I'm like, you need help holding that up, brother. You know. So that that was that was awesome. So these, you know, they got their rings and they're awesome. So we'll see what the Patriots do again this season. Can they shoot for another Super Bowl? They're the champs. You can never count them out. So kudos to my squad. My squad. Yeah. 
And we're going, I'm going to get into a little spot right here, you know, looking forward. And the teams, I'm looking forward to see what happened with them. First off is the Cleveland Browns because of all the the movement that was made on the uh, offseason with Odell Beckham being traded there and uh, Jarvis Landry getting there last year from um, Miami and Baker Mayfield will see what he do with a full season as a starting QB and it's I, I, you know I want to see what happens with them you know you didn't think the Giants was going to were going to trade Odell Beckham like they did after paying him last last year and it's it's it's, it's just interesting because the Cleveland Browns of course we know their story history and not being in the mix you know whether it's the you know the playoffs or not even sniffing a a uh, Super Bowl appearance so we shall see what happens with the Cleveland Browns you know we I believe those are with the players I named with Baker Mayfield Landry and Beckham those are you know three big personalities uh Beckham we all know how big his personality is and Baker Mayfield has showed that he's dedicated to his team and if you're not with his team he's against you you're an enemy of his and I like the attitude he's young and he's hungry and I'm not hoping they have a good season because they're in the same conference as the Patriots the AFC but we will see we'll see it shall be interesting to see what happens with the Browns and those three players. Uh, also, I want to bring up the Miami Dolphins and two two people specifically. That's their new head coach, uh, Brian Flores. I know him. He was the defensive call player sometimes for the New England Patriots. And he was also a defensive ends coach, if I'm not mistaken, if I read right. Um, so he has experienced his track record has been, you know, was was good last season. The, the, I'm going to tell you, be honest, last season, especially through the playoffs and, and the Super Bowl, I'm. I haven't seen the Patriots defense play hard like that in some time. And I now I know it was because of Brian Flores and his play calling. They say it was sometime play calling. I believe he was calling more plays than sometimes because when you see a di- when you watch your team all the time, you know how your team plays. And if anything changes, you're going it's going to pop off the screen and you're going to notice that. And I noticed those plays with the Patriots they would you know fourth down and and stop it or third down and stop and you know it's like wow what's what's going on with them this season and I believe it was Brian Flores so uh we will see how his coaching affects the Miami Dolphins in their their season 
and will they have a successful season? I don't want them to have a successful season because I'm a Pats fan. So it's whatever. If we see them in the playoffs, it's whatever. But we all see what happens when former coaches of the Patriots go to other places and then they have to go against the Patriots. Usually not good. The Detroit Lions got lucky last year. You know, Patricia, he was the, you know, their head coach, Patricia. He was the defense coordinator, former defense coordinator for the Patriots. So, you know, they get lucky. But for the most part, it, it, it never ends good for the team that goes against the Patriots of the coaches that have left the Patriots and are head coaches of new teams. So, you got that there going on. And also, uh, their new quarterback, Josh Rosen, we, 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 you know, uh, you know he, he was good in college. I don't know what went on uh, with the Cardinals, but they, they seem to, you know, not need, not need him with what they have going on. So, I, I I can't say it, it's not intriguing to see what's go, what will happen with Josh Rosen. He's an intelligent quarterback. I believe with the right direction, he can have success like a Jared Goff has had with the Rams. You know, when we when you see a coaching uh, or you go to you know you change teams and get a new coach, so it's interesting to see what will happen with him. The only thing. Uh, with all this off-season movement and new coaching and everything uh, with these teams is the off-season excitement. And everyone's excited. It's the off-season. And I just sometimes I just laugh because these fans, they get so excited. Oh, yeah, we made this move and that move, so we should have a good season. And you hear over and over and over and <laughs> – it never ends up good. I'm not wishing any bad luck on the Cleveland Browns or the Miami Dolphins. I'm just saying, if you're a fan of this, sit back, watch the season as it progresses, and whatever happens, happens. But believing your team is going to be the, you know, the, the dominating team in their division, and they're going to, you know, go to a Super Bowl or whatever you think they're going to do. You know, I'm just saying, hold your horses, pump the brakes, relax a bit. Because even with my teams, you know, I love the Pats. I love the Cowboys. Cowboys haven't had success as the Patriots as of late. You know, it's been quite a while. But with the Patriots, even when they're going to the season, I wait. I sit back, see how the season progresses. Then my, 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 the height of my excitement rises as their success rises because let's be real i love my qb you know it's tom brady love him to death but he's getting older so i can't front if if he takes a hit i'm shocked i'm scared i'm nervous because to me he's everything to to the patriots success and without him I don't think we have those uh, six uh, Super Bowl rings. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's Belichick and him, but 
without him, I don't think that happens. So with the Cleveland Browns, with the Dolphins, relax a bit, let the season progress, and let that excitement build up as your teams win. Because I, you know, I, I believe in jinxing your team. That's why I don't say nothing. I don't say nothing until the playoffs start. Then I start talking trash. Match right. Go closer, you know, in the season when your team's got a good record, you know, 11 and 5, 12 and 4. You know, you, you have some confidence going into the playoffs. So you could, you know, you could, you know, poke your chest out a little more and say, yeah, my team is going to dominate. So that's what I'm saying. If you're fans of those teams, just, just relax, relax, and see what happens. Um, uh, as we move right along, I want to get into uh, some New Japan, specifically New Japan's pay-per-view, New Japan's wrestling's pay-per-view, Dominion, happened this past weekend, and it wasn't the most exciting pay-per-view match for match, but there were, you know, a couple matches in there that were pretty pretty cool. Uh, I want to uh, bring up specifically, first off, the Kota Ibushi match versus Tetsu Tetsu Unito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And this was not either of their best match, but there were spots that were very hard hitting. Uh there was one spot in the match where Kota Ibushi got dropped on his head outside the uh outside the ring ropes on the mat by Naito and that was tough to see because anytime you you know you talk about the head or back in the neck I think about concussions and broken neck and paralysis that's all I can see and when guys take those bumps in wrestling like that it's it is hard to see so uh, hopefully he's okay. I haven't, uh, read any reports. I, I saw, I heard one report that said he was, uh, doing fine, but hopefully he's okay because, oh, it's just hard to watch that. Um, uh, and the result of that, the end of that match was Naito becoming a new IWGP, uh, intercontinental champion. And hopefully they'll have a rematch. So Kota Ibushi, uh can get another shot at his uh at at his uh at his former a shot at the intercontinental championship and you know because i believe he has momentum going he's in great shape the type of athlete he is wwe won him uh a couple years ago when he was in a cruiserweight classic and he he did an incredible, incredible job. You knew why they wanted him, but I thought it was smart for him to stay in New Japan. He felt loyal to his home and good for him. And I hope his career, his projection is someday IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And of course, uh, with Naito, I hope that's that's his projection too because. Uh, WWE wanted him as well, and he also turned down the WWE 
I think some of those guys are smart. They know if they come over WWE, they're just going to be a, a bench player. They're going to sit the bench. They're going to just be on a roster, and they're not going to be in you. They're not going to be used. And we see what's going on with Shinsuke Nakamura. What is going on? I don't get how all these stars that they have come come through the NXT uh have come through NXT route, perform at a high level on NXT, become NXT champion, champion, go to the main roster, and you do nothing with them. I don't understand that with WWE. So the New Japan wrestlers that turned down WWE, I believe they're smart for doing that. They're making a great living uh, with that organization and the products they put out. Uh, on pay-per-view and television are great uh i i haven't watched too much of their television uh shows but the last few uh pay-per-views i have watched have been have been good and i'm just uh i just love it because it's an alternative to wwe that's more adult you know the you know the graphic language in there in their promos that they shoot before and after matches are are what they are it's, it's adult material and i like it i'm supposed to like it i'm, I'm a grown-ass man so that's what i'm supposed to like you know wwe if you're listening jeez what the freaking disney crap my god come on you got adult ma- males watching you know yeah so uh uh moving on to the uh, uh next next match i want to talk about uh is the uh, was the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, and it was uh, Chris Jericho versus Okada, and this main event was lackluster. wasn't good for either one of them. Um, personally, I believe um, with New Japan schedule, they do a lot, and also what uh, what what Chris Jericho is doing between AEW and New Japan or whatever else bookings he's taking. Uh, I think, you know, you get older, I think it takes a toll on you. And it just looked like that in that match. It was slow and, you know, it just wasn't either of their best match. We all seen five-star matches from both of these uh, legends in the game. And... I, I was a little I, I can't front this was the first time I was disappointed watching anything New Japan now don't get me listen I've been looking at New Japan stuff here and there past couple years uh, past few years to be exact and as of this year I've started watching it more I started watching it more and I liked it. I liked it. And this was the first time I was disappointed in a main event that they put out. And that's to be expected when you have a company that doing show after show after show after show like New Japan and you put it on four or five star matches, you know, nearly every night. You you're gonna have a bad show here and there. And I know we won't get um, another uh, lackluster main event like this uh, 
from New Japan. Well, hopefully no time soon, but I just think, you know, both guys, sometime it's cool, you know, rest up, you know, relax, make sure you're eating right, you know. Of course, Chris Jericho's older, so he's not in the same shape uh, he was, but he can still go. We saw him just do that at the AEW pay-per-view double or nothing in his main event with Kenny Omega. And that was a hard-hitting match. That was a good match. I like that match. So we know Jericho can go. I just think the travel with with being a uh, kind of like an independent wrestling star can take a toll on you, especially when you're traveling uh, between country and country, you know, from America to to Japan. You know, that could take a toll on you. So it wasn't the best of matches, that main event. Um the finish wasn't good, so I, I I don't I don't know what else to say about it. You know that's pretty much my full opinion on the uh, on that main event from Dominion, and so moving right along, I want one more thing before I move on from New Japan is also what happened after the first match uh the first match of the night on dominion was john moxley john moxley formerly known as dean ambrose against one of new japan's young lions i forget his name because he hasn't done anything for me to remember his name so it was one of their young rookies i suppose and you know that kid got a you know a few good shots in but of course john moxley comes out with the win and at the end of that match, John Moxley gets the microphone and announces that he wants in on the G1. Now, we know the G1 is coming up, I believe, in July. And Moxley said he wants in on that. And we shall see if New Japan uh, grants him his wish. I don't see why they wouldn't. Why they wouldn't let him in the G1 at this point. You know, he's on a roll. He's the new IWGP US uh, champions. So, I believe he will be put in. So, we look forward to that announcement from New Japan. And I'm just excited and and pumped for everything that's going on with John Moxley. So glad he's on WWE. Like I mentioned before on on past episode, we saw how miserable he was in WWE. And right now, he's living his best life. So keep living your best life, Death Rider, John Moxley. And we look forward to that announcement from New Japan on letting Moxley in the G1. Yes. And last but not least, I got a little rant because I'm going to talk about what happened in the main event at WWE Super Showdown. And if you can tell at the sound of my voice, um highly disappointed highly disappointed highly disappointed 
for this show to begin with. We know the dealings with this show and being reported WWE makes more off these shows, makes more off going to Saudi Arabia than they do off of WrestleMania. I did not want to watch it at all, but because this is a podcast that talks about pro wrestling, I got to bring up at least one thing from the show. The whole show was like, was was dead. The whole show, I, I, I didn't like any of the matches. I didn't like any of the matches. Not one. Not, it was not one exciting part. I mean, there was probably one, you know, for the people of Jeddah. There was probably one excitement with Mansoor winning the supposedly greatest battle royal or whatever they're calling it. I guess that was exciting. But what I want to talk about is the main event. Between Goldberg and The Undertaker. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not watched this, and I believe if you're a wrestling fan, you probably watched this by now. The match was only eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. You know why? We all know why. Because that's what happens when you got two grandpas fighting in the ring. And I'm not putting this specifically on Goldberg. Because Goldberg started that match off sharp. You seen the shape he was in. He looked good. And to begin with, it took both of them forever to get to the ring. I swear that entrance was like 10, 15 minutes altogether between the both of them. I'm like, my God. Bill Goldberg's music played like five minutes before he walked out. Like, what's... What's going on? Undertaker Mute, same thing. They did a whole special entrance with these druid looking, you know, thing and whatever. Same thing, kind of thing they always do with Undertaker and the fire and the torches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. But the, the, the entrances took forever. The match starts off sharp. Bill Goldberg looks sharp. Two spears. He's looking sharp. I'm like, man, Goldberg's still looking good. You know, then Undertaker is in the corner. Then Bill Goldberg charges at him. Undertaker moves out the way. Bill Goldberg hits the corner too hard. Boom. Bust his head open. And it was reported that he got a concussion like I thought he would have. You know, I, I heard the reports first before I watched the match. But you, if you see how he hit that turnbuckle, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he's got a concussion. Because when he tried to get up, he was, if that was acting, he was doing some great acting. I don't think Bill Goldberg is that great of an actor. Because you can tell he was really hurt. Like, come on, he was hurt. And some people believe like he was really putting on like, no, nah, dude, you hit your head like that. You you can't put on. You can't put on, you know. So. He starts hit after that, the whole match changed. 
Now, when it comes to the Undertaker, folks, he just not look good the whole time in the match. Undertaker is moving like an old man, and it's because he's an old man. He's 54 years old. It's like, come on, Vince McMahon. What are you doing? Put him in the Hall of Fame already. Goldberg's in the Hall of Fame. Goldberg's in the Hall of Fame. Why isn't Undertaker in the Hall of Fame, Vince McMahon? Triple H. Paul Levesque. What? Trips, come on. Convince your father-in-law to put Undertaker in the Hall of Fame and let the man retire. It, it was just sad. Bill Goldberg's in the corner. One, one part of the match I want to talk Bill Goldberg is in the corner. And Undertaker is running like two miles per hour. His knees. <laughs> Dude. What are you doing, Vince? The problem with you, Vince, is that you do not build up these guys to be superstars anymore. Yeah, you got your Seth Rollins. Yeah, you got your Roman Reigns. In my opinion, Vince, the biggest star you have in WWE right now is AJ Styles. And he became a star on his own. You did not make AJ Styles a star. AJ Styles going from company to company with his own logo, people. All wrestlers don't do that. Usually wrestlers go to another company. They got to change their name because the company they went with owns their name. Everywhere AJ Styles is going, he's had the same logo. That's your biggest star, Vince. Cena's not around anymore. I like Roman. Seth is okay. I like Roman, but neither of them, when it comes to being on the mic, do it for me. You don't build superstars anymore, Vince, because you got them reading scripts. You got these guys reading scripts instead of letting their personalities shine. And so you have to continue to get these grandpas to come in your ring. And the record has proven with these trips over to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia that with the older wrestlers, the injuries are going to happen. Triple H got injured last year. Goldberg this year. What's what's going to happen, Vince? How many people got to get hurt? Huh? Before you let these guys retire. Huh? How long you going to let this continue? I, I did not want to watch this, folks, and I was upset when I heard the reports. I I, I was a, I, I'm going to tell you, with Goldberg, I was older when Goldberg, guys, when I was in my, my 20, I believe Goldbergs are 95, 96, so I'm 19, 20 years old. Yeah, people, I was in middle school when The Undertaker debuted. Huh? I'm 42 years old. Why is the undertaker putting, dyeing his hair, dyeing his beard with the just for men? I mean, I don't know what, what products even looks like some just for men or something. 
And Vince keeps bringing him back over and over and over. Vince, we don't want to see this. We don't. What's next? You're going to have Rock and Cena. Doing, that was supposed to be a once in a lifetime. But you had them do that twice. Did they do it twice? Three? How many times did they do that? I, I, I lost count. It was supposed to be once in a lifetime. But they we, they did that a couple times. What, we going to get Rock and Cena again? Huh? They're going to get hurt. Let The Undertaker retire Vince. And on that fo- note, folks, we have come to an end on another episode of Toughest Balls. Hope you enjoyed your time. Uh, next episode, we're going to get into what happened game, what happens in Game Six tonight of the NBA Finals. We're going to bring up some more baseball since the NBA will be in, the NBA season will be ending. I'm going to pick up on more baseball talk, especially I want to get into what happened to Big Poppy in the Dominican Republic. Yes, we're going to get into that and a lot more on the next episode of Toughest Balls. You can follow the show on Twitter and on Instagram at Toughest Ball. It's that simple. I'm your host, Mark Brown. And I will be with you next time. Grinding up and down the road because it's my delight. Always on a move because I get it in. It's the only way to do it if you're trying to win. They never comprehend. They want to see you fail. And you can tell every hater they can go to hell. Only losers want to see another person fall. Because in their lifetime they never had a chance to ball. Not like cocaine.